If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Folks, we're going on grid. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Who could be looking to replace Stefan Diggs with the very same pick that they got from the Buffalo Bills, whether it be Philadelphia, who many people are connecting to a wide receiver. I also think Green Bay at the back end of the first half could be in the need for a wide receiver to put opposite Devontae Adams when Aaron Rodgers is still in his prime. These kinds of teams will have to make the decision. Do they want to take one of those guys or... You know, wait until, like you're saying, day two, where and they may even wind up being more productive and can still get a starter. So, Ariel, you're saying it's five and a half now. Uh, mm-hmm. You think it's going to be six wide receivers picked in this first round? Um, based on the teams, especially that Dane just mentioned, I think that it wouldn't be something I would bet on would be that wide receiver number. I think there's a better market, such as the running back number or the offensive lineman. The wide receiver market is very up in the air in those final couple of picks that could take wide receiver. I do agree that the Vikings, the Packers, the Philadelphia Eagles, those are all three teams that have very good odds to draft a wide receiver. It's just going to be a matter of if the receiver that's available at that time is the style and the type of wide receiver that they're looking for. As right. Dane mentioned, it's a very deep wide receiver class. The Ravens general manager, Eric DaCosta, came out and said he can find a stud wide receiver in round five. Right. So uh, I, I think that is going to, it has been the story leading up to this draft, obviously, and, and it will continue to be. I think you have those three off the board. I would almost guarantee that Justin Jefferson goes in the first round, but the other names, Michael Pittman, Brandon Ayuk, Dane mentioned uh, Denzel Mims, T. Higgins, these are other names that you will hear uh, that may or may not uh, 
great T. Higgins to me is really intriguing. T. Higgins is one of those wide receivers that was in minus money and switched over to plus money to be drafted in the first round in the last week. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I think there's some other names that have shifted around. So uh, as far as uh, we're concerned, we're going to keep talking uh, general topics. We'll let you know when the Bengals are, are, are getting up to the podium or when Roger D- Goodell is getting up to the podium. It's all done virtually now. Uh, I, I couldn't tell from his virtual tour of his basement today whether there was an actual podium there. It, it seemed like I it. think it's a table. Yeah, but I don't know. He looks like he got a nice, comfortable chair to watch football in, so I could appreciate that. It'd be great if he just just lounged out and just said, you know what, uh, I'm just going to sit here in my favorite chair and call off the picks. But, uh, he didn't I think even put be- a suit on. You put a suit on, Blewett. I know. So <laughs> I'm, On uh, Roger Goodell, in commercials, in between breaks, there should be yeah. a constant camera on him even when he thinks he's on his downtime. You have to imagine that ESPN is putting some 30 for 30 documentary together while they're sitting in Goodell's house. Yeah, gotta be. Have to be. You know, looking looking in, looking for secrets, uh, uh, trade secrets or whatever in in his basement. But, uh, okay, so other topics uh, we need to talk about. Uh, Obviously, QB is always a big topic. We talked about Joe Burrow. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa, I feel like there's conflicting stories every single day for the last two weeks as to which teams love him, which teams like him, which teams flunked him on his physical, and which teams have decided that he's fully healthy, which it now came out today that the Dolphins gave him a passing grade on his physical. So all is well, and it's doors wide open for the Dolphins to take Tua. So, Dane, where's Tua going? Yeah, I mean, uh, I am in the minority, okay? And I will say this right off the bat. I believe that the fact that we are in these times and he didn't have a pro day and team physicals weren't really happening and he wasn't able to be up on the whiteboard. I believe this impacts Tua more than most other prospects. And I do believe in some of the rumors that Tua may fall. And the other part of this blew it. You know I am a closet Chargers fan. And I actually believe that the Chargers are a win-now roster. They have made win-now moves in the offseason. I don't necessarily know um, if they go the young quarterback route with the sixth overall pick, I could see one of these two quarterbacks, Herbert or Tua, actually making the fall that some people predict. I believe the Chargers may go with a more win-now kind of move on the defensive side of the ball. I'd love them to take Isaiah Simmons and pair him in that defense with a guy like Derwin James in the AFC, becoming a top-five defense. I actually do believe one of these quarterbacks may fall early on in the first round. We'll get to Isaiah Simmons. Uh, we'll, we'll bring it back to him in a moment because his odds have fluctuated as well. But, Ariel, to you, to you on the quarterback scenarios, uh, how many quarterbacks do you expect to go in the first round? What have the odds looked like in terms of the quarterback movement? Well, first I want to go back to Tua Tungavailoa's line movement because that was all over the place, his draft position. Yes, he was at three and a half for his draft position on April 9th. He went to four and a half April 16th. Then at, on April 20th, he went up to five and a half. So the over under today, the over five and a half is at plus 126, the under at minus 152. That pretty much is saying to a tongue of Iloa. Ariel, he even started at two and a half at one point. Yes, he did get down to two and a half at one point. So seeing all this line movement surrounding Tua's draft position was intriguing to me, which is why I'm excited to see where he ends up. There are some people that took the under on Tua Tungavailoa at three and a half. 
Yeah. People were yeah. convinced he could go to the Redskins. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I've, I've convinced myself now. I've talked myself in, in and out of it a number of times, but I, I think Tua is not going to slide. I think one of the teams will take him up there. The interesting thing for the Chargers specifically, and we can tie this back into the Isaiah Simmons piece, is that their roster is built to sort of, to win now. Now I, that doesn't. I'm not suggesting that they can win now and that they're better than the Chiefs all of a sudden. But they have impact defensive players who actually some of whom are under contract only through this season and need to be paid again. It's Melvin Ingram. It's Bosa. Derwin James just two more years down the line. Keenan Allen is up uh, next year, so contracts are expiring, and they do have to make. They will have to make some tough decisions. I I, I would suggest that you can't even bring all of those guys back. But drafting a rookie quarterback now with this team and having Tyrod Taylor take the helm doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Just from where I sit, uh, I I'm surprised that they haven't brought in another veteran quarterback. You can love Tyrod Taylor. But to suggest that he is not, uh, he's not, he, he shouldn't receive any competition from any of the free agent quarterbacks that are out there is a little off to me, Ariel. Yes, and the Bengals officially on the clock, if, in case we didn't see it. So Joe Burrow, we're waiting just moments away. However, this quarterback race going to be interesting. Justin Herbert to the Chargers is what I've kind of projected. However, I do understand where you guys are coming from. It's just maybe it's okay to have a quarterback sit behind someone like Terod Taylor. You don't have to worry about paying Terod Taylor. He's not going to be your franchise quarterback. He could get you through a season. You can have a young quarterback behind him who might be ready for next year, such as a Justin Herbert, who I do not believe is ready for the NFL just yet. If the Chargers, though, do want to wait for next year, and if they have a terrible season this year, then they can have a top-notch quarterback next year. However, I don't project that being the Chargers' motto. They're not going to want to tank next year. The quarterback situation, having a young quarterback sit behind Terod Taylor, it's no big deal. It's just a matter of having to pay him a lot. The other thing here that we haven't really mentioned, and something that is unique to this draft. It is very rare that you also have not one but two veteran quarterbacks who are out there on the streets unemployed right now in Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. It's kind of been all quiet on the free agent front because we all know that the draft is the next marker in the league calendar. And then we're going to see not only at the quarterback position, right, but at the edge rusher position with Clowney and Griffin and a lot of other positions as teams seek to fill their needs over this weekend and are not, they are going to recalibrate and then those free agent phones are going to start ringing again. Don't yeah. forget about what's behind door number two. Yeah, I think that's possible as well. And you have to remember Andy Dalton in the last year of his deal with the Bengals would obviously be as, certainly on the level of Tyrod Taylor um, as well. You know, so the other quarterbacks obviously that are being talked about tonight are are uh, guys like Jordan Love. Uh, potentially being the fourth quarterback, Jacob Eason, uh, a name that people are suggesting could be traded back into the first round for, not dissimilar to what happened with Lamar Jackson, who was the last pick of that first round, the uh, Ravens, Ariel's Ravens, moving into the end of the first round to take Lamar Jackson. Obviously, they look worked like out pretty well. It has worked out well so <laughs> far. Uh, one MVP, uh, one season, one MVP. So, um, yeah, so we're going to come back. We're going to be taking standard commercial breaks tonight. We'll come back. The Bengals are officially on the clock as Ariel. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're in, Mike. Welcome back to the Sports Grid Draft Special. Thanks for joining us. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter at Sports Grid. Ariel is Ariel Epstein on Twitter. Dane is at Spittin' Speeds, S P E E D Z, and I'm at Mike Blewett. So, uh, again, we'll interact as much as we can on social as we're doing this live show. But uh, Bengals on the clock will be announcing that pick uh, shortly. Let's continue with some of the discussions we were having. Um, in that first segment, Dane, and we talked about Isaiah Simmons. You said match him up with Derwin James and all the other uh, potential uh, defensive superstars on that team. But I, what I think is interesting is this sort of 
talk track that's been happening with Isaiah Simmons these last few days in that we know how explosive a player is. We know how great he can be, but we're not exactly sure where to put him. His snaps at Clemson last season were all over the map. He lined up at uh, defensive end pass rusher. Uh, most of the snaps were at a weak side linebacker. He lined up corner safety, uh, a variety of different places, which I think in the NFL world, sometimes the flexibility and the versatility sounds great. But when the rubber meets the road in terms of game planning and you're not sure exactly where to put him, uh, I think it makes some coaches nervous. I'm not saying they should be. I think they should figure out a way to use somebody like that. And I, hell, I think he's good enough that you could draft him almost over anybody in the entire draft. But uh, I, I think some co coaches get a little bit nervous uh, about that. I understand what you're saying, Blewett, but ultimately I go back to what you said. They should be able to find a way to use him. And this goes back to my point what we were talking about with Joe Burrow. I think it comes down to Zach Taylor, okay? And we're hearing that the pick is in. It's coming in pretty soon, and we'll know if that is uh, who Zach Taylor has to mold. But for me, he was a great piece of that Brett Venable defense in Clemson. And if he gets in the right system, you could use him at safety. You could use him at weak side linebacker. You can use him all over the field. I'm talking, think about a guy like... You're a Steelers fan, blew it like a Troy Palomalu type. And yeah. as we evolve into more and more of a passing league, those are the kinds of linebackers that you're going to need. Guys that can cover space. I'm sure we'll continue to talk about it. But I think if he gets into the right system and is utilized correctly, he will be a game wrecker and a playmaker. And that's what you are looking to accumulate, playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. And he's yeah. definitely... Them. He keeps getting comped to Derwin James, except Derwin James is sort of a, a, more of a pure safety uh, than is Simmons. But nonetheless, Ariel, Isaiah Simmons is one of the top defensive players in the draft. Uh, we know Chase Young has been uh, long rumored to be picked by Washington at number two. There's many thoughts that this draft isn't really going to get started until the third pick. But uh, to you, uh, after uh, Joe Burrow, potentially Chase Young, we talked about the QBs in there. Who's the next defensive player off the board after Chase Young? You know, it's interesting you ask that because I loved Simmons for a very long time to be that third pick, except when in the, in the odds lately, especially this week, you've seen that Derek Brown, the defensive tackle out of Auburn's really taken a rise. In fact, he's one of the top players to go in as the third pick in this draft. Yeah. All right. So, folks, we do have the pick. The pick is in. And it is Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so no surprises here, uh, Ariel. For those people that ca that cashed on that minus one hundred thousand bet, congratulations. Hopefully, you got the odds a lot earlier than that, or early on in the process. I think people were trying to uh, put a little bit of future money there. The odds were never great, but uh, certainly a lot I better than they closed. I saw someone on Fanduel bet on this at minus one hundred thousand, and yeah. he would make two hundred dollars back. Right. Congratulations. So, yeah. Yeah. Hope you could have just uh, donated to charity, probably a bigger write-off uh, than than you get out of the two hundred dollar winnings. But nonetheless, uh, Burrow going to be the franchise quarterback here. Uh, Dane, uh, quick thoughts on Burrow. Any other thoughts on Burrow? No, I mean, I think this is the obvious pick. The Ohio kid makes good and goes back. Listen, anytime you can complete 76% of your throws and have that kind of decision-making processing, it makes sense that he's number one overall. Okay, and we have with us 
As the AFC North correspondent tonight and a star of Pharrell on Sports Grid, Scott Pharrell. Scott, how you doing, man? Hey, guys. How's everybody? Doing all right. Doing all right. So no surprises here. Joe Burrow goes first to the Bengals. This team, as I mentioned earlier, hasn't won a playoff game since 1990. You and I are both diehard Steelers fans. You are the owner of uh, Steelers season tickets. I am not. Right. Uh, but. Uh, give me give me your thoughts here. I, this is a franchise that has been just out of whack for decades. Marvin Lewis seemed to get them back on the right track, but it didn't re- result in any playoff wins. So can Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor put it together? Well, uh, you know, they haven't won a playoff game in almost 30 years. Uh, they've been uh, an atrocity. Uh, just a horrible franchise. I think their owner has been uh, it's almost like a uh, it's like a comedy of errors. I mean, it's like, not only that, it's like a comic strip watching this franchise year after year. It's a team that I know you and I never worry about ever in my life. Have I ever worried about the Cincinnati Bengals? Even when they were good, they were bad. Even when they were good, they were bad. Because even when they were good, Dane, they couldn't win playoff games. No matter what they did, they would be beating the Steelers in a playoff game and still find a way to lose. They would, I mean, literally having, uh, you know, Penalties, perfect, you name it, they have been an utter flop. But I'm a huge fan of this kid. Uh, I've talked to Dane about him. I've talked to Smitty about him. I've talked to uh, you, Blue, and of course, Ariel, I've talked to as well about him. I I believe in him. Uh, It's simple. Uh, I think he's a better quarterback, in in my opinion, than uh, Kenny Anderson, uh, Boomer Esiason. These were all uh, quarterbacks of theirs over the years that I never thought were that overwhelming. I was talking to Bill Romanowski on the show today about taking on Boomer in the Super Bowl against Joe Montana. I'm friends with Boomer. I love Boomer. He's one of the greatest guys I know. But against Joe Montana, please, here's the deal. Joe Burrow is a winner. Somebody said to me, uh, I think it was Carver High, he doesn't believe in him either. And uh, I said, uh, you know, if he was at Ohio State and they put him in, with all those studs they got in Columbus, he would have won there too. Uh, the reason he won, they say, is because he played with all these great players down in Baton Rouge. He made all the plays. All he did was make plays. All he did was come through. He's great size, great arm. He's smart. And then, you know, he wins the Heisman and he talked about everybody starving in Southeast Ohio. People can't eat food, the kids after school. People fell in love with him. I think he's going to have a very successful career in the NFL. I actually think I will. I will believe this, though. I've heard, you know, Romanowski said to me, you can laugh all you want. Bill Romanowski played in five Super Bowls and won four rings. And he said that, um, you know, the problem is he's playing for a loser franchise. So, you know, he can be as good as he wants. But when you play with losers, you lose and bad things happen. So I hope for better things for him. Uh, I'm not going to play the Steeler card that I root against him. I like the kid. I think he's going to have a great future. I think he'll have a solid 12 years in the NFL. And I'll think, you know, Andy Dalton, uh, I mean, my daughter throws the ball better than Andy Dalton. So I'll take Joe Burrow. I'll take Joe Burrow after a keg party before I'll take Andy Dalton. No offense to Ginger, but thanks a lot. You suck. How's that sound? Andy just getting shade thrown him on the way out. But the Redskins pick is in. Scott, we're going to have to talk to you a little bit later when the Browns up your second favorite team, uh, the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk to you a little bit later. I hate the Browns. I know. I hate them. And I hate the Ravens, too.
<laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, yeah so, whatever. Uh, so the Redskins pick is in. We'll talk to Scott a little bit later. Uh, we're going to have to get Kevin Walsh in here when uh, the pick is officially announced. But uh, so uh, there we go, Dane. Uh, Scott yeah. has some uh, strong theories specifically on Joe Burrow and that franchise. I got to tell you something, and this is part of what I was saying before, right? That it's not only Burrow. He's not the only part of the equation. I mentioned it being Zach Taylor. You know, the second year head coach, he's talking about the reputation of the franchise, but I kind of agree. We'll see what Zach Taylor does with what I keep saying is this piece of clay that he can mold, but I'm kind of on the Scott side. We'll see if uh, the skills actually translate, and it may not be Burrow's fault. Yeah. Uh, so, Ariel, uh, obviously, Scott had strong opinions on Cincinnati. <laughs> Uh, Bill Romanowski, he, I like that he dropped a uh, Boston College Eagle on us there. Uh, Bill Romanowski uh, had some strong words, but that's sort of what I was alluding to earlier as well, right? It's not really going to be, uh, it's not really about if Joe Burrow is, isn't any good. Look, if he, if he goes out there and he totally flops, it's it's potentially going to be on him, but I think we see in many instances that these number one picks, these first round quarterbacks, which fail at a fifty percent rate, it isn't really just about them. It's about the franchise failing to do the right thing around them. Yes, and as I mentioned, going up against three very tough defenses, whether it says it in the statistics or not, these defenses have, you have the Browns who have Miles Garrett up there coming after you, and then you have the Ravens and Steelers who are notorious for their defense. That's, that's a lot to ask of a rookie quarterback. The thing that I'm looking for in the odds right now, though, of course, you can't live bet. However, before, one of the bets that I placed was the first three picks to go. We have to see what the Redskins are about to do at number two because you were able to pick in order, picks one, two, and three, which if you're so confident about that third pick in the draft tonight, that was a good bet to try to make because you know those first two are locks. At yeah. least we think so. We'll see yeah. what the Redskins do here at two. Yeah, so uh, it's a good point. Why don't, you, why don't you expand a little bit about the live betting component? I know you had a discussion or some communication with John Sheeran, who's our friend, been on foot, Pro Football Today with us many times, and is the trading director at the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands. Uh, t tell me a little bit about the live betting scenario tonight. I'll try to keep it in as simple terms as possible because John speaks in words sometimes that I don't understand. Yeah. However, it's they didn't have enough time with everything going on because, of course, the NFL draft is usually a sharp bettors market. We're seeing it a lot more public this year because there's not as many live events to bet on. However, it's legal in New Jersey to bet on everything past round one. It's not legal after round one to start betting on other rounds in other Got states. It. Got it. Okay. So good stuff there. Uh, obviously, we'll continue to see odds uh, be released as the draft goes on. And we're going to be here tomorrow night to take you through uh, day two of the draft as well. But the pick is in for Washington. And it is Chase Young. Uh, so Chase Young, no surprises there. It's like we've been saying for months here. Uh, picks one and two are decided. We're going to bring in Kevin Walsh. Here, uh, I believe he's ready to go. We got Kevin Walsh as our NFC East 
correspondent for the evening. We're going to have you on potentially back to back here, Kev. <laughs> uh, but you can find him on Twitter at the Kevin Walsh. Uh, Chase Young, no surprises here. I think Washington does the right thing. They had Montez Sweat uh, a season ago. They drafted, uh, they moved around in the first round in order to get Montez Sweat, who slipped all the way down to the mid 20s. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan has been a very impactful defensive end for them for a long period of t- time and very productive, is going to be 32 years old. He is in the last year of his contract. So now they have Chase Young, the future of this defensive line, which if you look at strictly the talent on that defensive line is right up there at the top of the league, Kevin. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Mike. And that's probably why they made this pick. If they figure if they can win games up front with that front four and, you know, if you had the front seven, I think that really is then going to be a big strength for this football team. Overall, though, like if you had to grade the pick, a minus, like I, I couldn't go A or A plus because I still don't know if they fully capitalized on the position that they were in. Again, this team will not pick again until 66, and there are a lot more strengths on this football team. Nevertheless, though, you bring in a guy who has, forget double-digit sack potential, 15-plus or more sack potential, maybe not rookie year, but as soon as we hit the sophomore year, one of the most like impactful guys in the league, that's the potential that we're talking. Very hard to pass up, and it's a really nice way for Ron Rivera to get his tenure in Washington started. Hey, Kevin, you know, I've been talking to you this week, and we both thought that Chase Young would be the pick and that he was the most talented player potentially in the entire draft. What do you think this says, though, about the Washington quarterback position? They bring in Mm -hmm. Allen to compete with Dwayne Haskins. How do you think that one plays out? Remember, Allen was with Ron Rivera in Carolina. Yeah, I think if you're Dwayne Haskins, you have to now feel a little bit more confidence that they didn't really entertain the quarterback discussion all that much. They in a way, just went best player available. And I think that that shows that they're going to be willing to give him the leash. This entire upcoming season is going to be about figuring out what Dwayne Haskins is going to be for this football team. And that, by that, I mean, is he going to be their franchise quarterback? Is he going to be a guy that they say, all right, we can move on with and work with? Or maybe after two seasons, they go, nope, let's cut ties. We didn't uh, have the type of success that we wanted to see from him. And we're now willing to move on. I think if you're Haskins, this is your season. And I think they should give him a much longer leash. I don't think you should see much of Kyle Allen as long as Haskins is healthy. I do. I do think that we're ruling out the quarterback situation a little too early, Kevin. They still have picks later on in this draft and those bottom three quarterbacks such as Eason, Fromm, and even Jalen Hurts can still be available the next time the Redskins pick. What are your thoughts on them taking a late time quarterback? I think it, so. So again, their next pick, unless they trade up, is 66. And Hertz from Eason, them being on the board in that range is somewhat debatable. I think it'd be really interesting to see if that's there for them. But they have so many more strengths. I just don't think it would be the right direction for them to go. But you're right, it certainly could be possible. So the Lions pick is in. Uh, we're going to be talking to Kevin all throughout the night. He's got he's got potential action here. Uh, with the Giants moving, we know he's an Eagles fan, so we're good to talk to him a little bit about that. Uh, you get to cover your Cowboys, your favorite team, Kevin, so uh, you get to talk about them a little bit. So, uh, so I appreciate it. Again, follow him on Twitter at the Kevin Walsh. We'll probably talk to you again very soon, uh, whether the Giants keep the pick or not. We're going to have you on to talk about any trades that come up as well. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Chase Young. Um, Uh, We may very well talk about the Lions pick on the other side of the break, which is coming up shortly. Uh, But the Lions pick is the Lions pick being in uh, means that there is no trade. A, but 
maybe there's a swap like we saw with uh, Eli Manning and Philip Rivers many years ago where the teams picked the other guy uh, and then swapped them out, right? That's still a potential uh, situation here for the Lions. Do you think that, Dane, or do you think they're just going to go with one no, of the offensive players? By the time we come on back, we're going to be talking about Jeff Akuda as a member of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, okay. So. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When what is what, the read? Or do you want me to do that on the way out? Yeah, break? You, you can do it. Do it on the... We can do it, whatever. All right, we're coming back in 10 seconds. So Ten you seconds. want me to do it right now? No, get to the Lions pick. Okay. 10 seconds. Back in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey, everybody. We're back on the Sports Grid Draft Special, and the pick is in for the Lions. We sort of knew right before the break, but we wanted to give you a little bit of suspense if you're watching along with us. And that selection is... 
Sheffatuna, the cornerback out of Ohio State. So, Dane, you and I talked about it a little bit, and Ariel did during the break. Um, we're not sure if they're going to hang on to this. It isn't like the NBA draft where so many picks are moving around after guys are selected. This doesn't happen all that often, but we have seen it. You think the Lions just stick here with defense? They have a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, they're adding to a deficiency, by which uh, happened as a result of them trading away Darius Slay. Now they have Jeff Okuda, considered to be an extremely athletic and a high-skilled quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I think this was the Lions pick the entire time, and they needed to get proverbially an offer that they could not refuse for that to be the case. Okay, They were number 32 in the NFL last year against the pass, and as you mentioned, they moved Darius Slay over to the Philadelphia Eagles. This was a unanimous All-American with 12 pass breakups in his senior year with the Buckeyes, the number one cornerback off the board, fills a need for Patricia and the Lions. And we're going to bring in our NFC North correspondent for the evening, Cam Stewart. At Cam happening? Stewart Live on Twitter. What's up, Cam? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay, guys. I I, I really got to tell you, though, I thought the Lions might make a splash. And this is what we talk about, these fake rumors. Oh, Lions and Jaguars are talking. Lions and Giants are talking. Are they talking? Jeff Akuta's number, too, guys. Remember the total? Three and a half. It went up to four and a half in a lot of the books. So people mm -hmm. thought, you know... This is where pe people might slip in, try to get to uh, do something for him, right? I had a dream that Tua was going to the Lions, uh, more of a mirage or a nightmare. That totally didn't happen. But this draft has definitely not gone to according to plan right now. Those were three predictable picks. So if you got those three, you know, at the sports book, congratulations on cashing your tickets. But nothing crazy yet. Maybe we get crazy around the Dolphins at five because you know them. Uh, they're probably going to screw something up, fellas. And Ariel. <laughs> Cam, did you think for the, the move for the Lions was, you know, in this quarterback market was to trade down or to maybe, uh, you know, turn the page on Matthew Stafford and get a year, you know, get their quarterback, their franchise quarterback right now? That's what I'm thinking. Think about the Lions organization, guys. It's a train wreck. They've been one of the worst franchises in football. Drafting a guy like Tua, it's not just about getting the franchise quarterback. It's about changing images, too. Maybe you could have packaged Stafford in a deal, right? Stafford's wife is also sick, and this guy, he's taken a lot of hits and injuries in his career. Like, we talk about Matt Ryan in Atlanta. They need a plan B. Well, Detroit needs a plan B, too. And that's the thing, and I'm kind of disappointed. I really like Akuda. You said it, Dane. The guy's numbers are fantastic. His tape, it's amazing. But Detroit, try to find somebody, at least stockpile some picks. You need help in a lot of areas. They're in the three position. I think he could have done a little, been a little more creative. That's just my take. Akuda's a very safe, solid pick. But if I'm Detroit, I'm listening to all offers and I try to get more. And a little bit disappointing and underwhelming. But Akuda's a very, very solid player. I just thought they'd, you know, maybe move down and do some stuff. So obviously these rumors are fake. All right. So, Cam, we're going to have you back on a little bit later. Uh, now, the Bears don't have a pick. The Packers don't uh, pick Vikings until later. Two, and the Vikings got two. And there's a lot of <laughs> uh, a few talk hours, about man. them being active in the trade market. So they could move up. They could move back. But we'll have you on uh, a little bit later in the evening. So uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Kuda. Uh, Jeff Kuda disappointed you. However, yes. if, if he gets moved for another pick here, a, a draft and trade, uh, then we'll have you back on to discuss that as well. So thanks, Cam. We'll talk to you again soon. You got it, guys. Talk to you soon. Have a good one. So, Ariel, uh, the it goes right off the board in the way that many people had mocked it for months. Now, the mock mm -hmm. drafts have tried to blow this up for the last week, but uh, for that GM that said just a week ago that the mock drafts are looking as wrong as they've <laughs> ever looked, 
Uh, not so far. We're going. We're according to plan right now. Well, that's why I'm excited to see how this draft plays out because, as I've mentioned many times on the morning after, these draft picks were slated to go in these positions up until this week. All of a sudden this week, we hear everyone's trying to trade around. We hear that it might not be Okuda. The Lions might not even want to take Okuda anymore. Maybe the Lions even trade back and someone like Miami or LA trades up into the three, which is why the odds shifted all over the place. However, I have to tell you, Blewett, FanDuel wasn't fooled by all the smoke screens. FanDuel had Burrow, Young, and Okuda at plus 130 as of today as the best odds on the board for the top three picks. And to tell you that that has not changed since April 9th, Actually, April 17th, that has stayed the same on FanDuel. Those three picks at the best odds. Got it. Okay. Uh, so, Dane, anything cash for you yet? In fact, we have uh, another pick. Looks like the Giants pick is in. We'll announce it uh, when we're ready. And we have uh, Craig Mish uh, standing by as well uh, to discuss uh, what may be happening uh, in the Dolphins scenario. So the Dolphins really will be... Uh, as Kevin Walsh will be in here pretty the soon. So. The Giants are on yeah, the yeah. clock four, so we'll bring in Kevin Walsh. I, yeah, you know, course. the thing is for me, Ariel's mentioning all the different smoke screens, right? At some point, you have to realize it's smoke screen season, and you can't take anything you hear in the last week or two, you know, with a grain, you have to take it with a grain of salt. So, yes, these numbers are going to move, but you have to actually think where is there really fire where there is all these smoke mm-hmm. screens? As it yeah. relates to the New York Giants, I think they're going to protect Daniel Dimes and go offensive lineman here, Blewett. Me too. That's another line that moved tremendously was the Giants, whether they would take Isaiah Simmons as a linebacker or whether they'd go offensive lineman. Then a week ago, Jedrick Wills turned into the favorite to go to the Giants instead of Tristan Wirfs. However, I bet Tristan Wirfs at plus 360 to go to the New York Giants because that's what the story was up until this week on Smokescreen (laughs) Week. Yeah, you Ariel, but for you know, so you got to try to figure out what are the things you can actually trust. And one of the things we've seen in this off season, where there's not a lot of uh, travel opportunities, there's not a lot of uh, you know practice opportunities. Teams and players are going with coaches they are familiar with. Familiarity is reigning supreme. Think about Philip Rivers partnering up with Frank Reich. Think about Teddy Bridgewater partnering up with uh, uh, Joe, uh, Brady. Right? They're going to places they like. And Joe Judge, who's the new head coach of the New York Giants, used to be the running game coordinator over there in Alabama. And he has that history with Nick Saban. I think the Nick Saban recommendation of, Tris- of Wills is going to carry the day here for the Giants. So I think we have Kevin Walsh uh, with us as well. Also, uh, to discuss this pick as it'll be announced just shortly. Uh, but uh, the pick is announced. Wow. Not what I expected. And it's Andrew Thomas. But not the offensive tackle out of Georgia. So sorry to Ariel's plus 360 Tristan Wirfs bet. Wow. Uh, it looks like Dave Gettleman um, actually fooled a couple of people here. But Andrew Thomas was a name that had been ranked by many to re- really the fourth of the four linemen to go, but in recent days, I, I had been listening to a few different podcasts that suggested that he was being underrated in comparison to the other uh, linemen, but I certainly didn't think this was going to happen, Kevin Walsh. I So this is the thing, right? You know I'm an Eagles fan. I have been as kind to Dave Gettleman as anyone has been throughout this process because he has absolutely nailed it every step of the way. I like Wirfs. Oh, you buy it? I like Simmons. Oh, you buy it? I like Willis. Oh, you buy it? I'm taking a quarterback. You know who he didn't hear? 
the guy he picked. And everybody knows that all four of these tackles are great. Obviously, this is the one that he wanted. Nobody felt the need to trade up. We heard rumors that the Dolphins maybe wanted to get to three to trade up for Thomas. And if that was real, potentially they were cooled off by never hearing the Giants' name attached to him enough. They get there. Man, to me, you could make an argument for any one of these guys to be the best tackle in this class. They get him, and they didn't have to move. They could have traded back, and depending on the package, it could have been great for them. All in all, Dave Gettleman nailed this whole process. I have to give him credit. So, Kevin, talk to me here now about why Andrew Thomas might be the class of mm -hmm. these four offensive linemen. You say you can make a case for sure. any of them. Andrew Thomas was a first-team All-American. We're talking about 6'5", 315 pounds. But some thought that he was more of a mauler, more of a more mm -hmm. physical run blocker than, say, Wills or worse. Why do you think Gettleman is clearly uh, having Thomas be the selection? Yeah, power comes to mind. I think it also, too— one thing I will say about Dave Gettleman is I think that when it comes to him and the way him scouting his players, it's more likely that he will kind of look to the marquee names. And we know that Georgia was one of the biggest teams this year in college football. And he probably watched more. I mean, and I know Jedrick Willis, of course, obviously went to Alabama, but he probably watched a ton uh, of Andrew Thomas. And ultimately, I like. Falling in love with a player like this makes all the sense in the world. He has the polish, played against high-level SEC competition, and now can come in and step in right away, probably right tackle year one, and then if Nate Solder is gone after this season, move over to the left side of the football. Kevin, it's interesting because we saw that there was Jedrick Wills, we saw Tristan Wirfs, and then at plus 600, it's Andrew Thomas who gets to go to the New York Giants. Yeah. I just see Dave Gettleman put a mask on in his room, too. However, Andrew, Andrew Thomas was, out of the four offensive linemen, his mm -hmm. draft position was 10 and a half. How come the sports books were so down on Thomas? The problem is they just like the better. We, we have to kind of just work off the rumors that we get. And we heard Wirfs first, then Willis, and even Becton. I think a lot of people, because of what mm -hmm. he did at the combine, were like, oh, it's got to be Becton. Thomas, we didn't hear enough. So that's why his, his number was, I believe, at 10.5. Now, we saw the juice start to really get squeezed towards that under. But obviously now, I talked about this with Dane on the early line. I wanted to tease all these props. I wanted to just bring them down, get alternate lines on them. I mean, imagine under 5.5 for Andrew Thomas and those odds and how much he would have been able to cash out of the plus money price. It, it's incredible to me to see him go at this spot. But I think it's a great pick. And they did a nice job keeping it under wraps the entire process. Yeah, I never once did I think they were going to take a, a linebacker as, as transformative as Isaiah Simmons, I think, can be as a player. The Giants signed a few linebackers this offseason. They don't. Mm -hmm. They haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since Carl Banks in, in 1984. It's just not a position that they value all that much. Dave Gettleman, in particular, he's the one that uses the phrase hog mollies regularly. He <laughs> likes these big uh, offensive linemen, whether they're interior or or exterior lineman, and with Nate Solder, frankly, not really working out as a signing, and him getting towards the end of that contract, it makes sense that Thomas could either play right tackle, uh, kick over to left tackle uh, when necessary. So, uh, yeah, certainly a surprise pick, but not a surprise position, right, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Ultimately, offensive line makes all the sense in the world. Daniel Jones was running for his life in a lot of those games last year, and they obviously tried to add some pieces to it throughout this offseason, but they needed more. And I think, too, and this is where, again, I have to give them credit, planning ahead. 
Nate Solder is very likely off his football team next year. So to be able to have uh, Andrew Thomas come in this year, probably play on the right side, and get to learn under the tutelage of a guy like Nate Solder, I think is paramount. So again, love the pick, love the move. It all makes sense. Good stuff. We'll talk to you again soon, Kevin, uh, when uh, the uh, next pick in the NFC East comes up. It's the Cowboys. Not for a little while, but we're always ready for movement. So thanks again, and uh, good stuff. Talk to you soon. Dolphins pick is in. Uh, We'll announce it when it gets officially to the podium. So, um, not even a Dolphins fan. (laughs) The Giants picking an offensive lineman couldn't have been less surprising. However, um, it it wasn't the guy that we anticipated. I've said this Mm -hmm. many times before. I'll I'll really never criticize a team for picking an offensive lineman in the first round. It isn't sexy, and it isn't the pick that people want to see, and people wanted to see mayhem and trading back and everything else. But the reality is they needed an offensive lineman. These four tackles are considered to be the best. They got the guy they wanted. So I I can't really criticize them uh, doing that and making the team better, both this year and for the long term. And I'm going to bring in uh, our Dolphins correspondent, uh, Craig Mish. You can find him on Fantasy Sports Today on the Sports Grid Network uh, every day uh, and on Twitter at Craig Mish. Craig, how are you doing, man? I'm very good. Uh, Dolphins have themselves uh, their pick here in the draft, so very excited yeah. to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, good stuff. So, uh, you know, we, we had you on uh, last night as we were talking through some things, just testing things out, but I got a little bit of an insight to you. I'd love for you to share that, uh, what their, the Dolphins' thought process has been all along. I, I think we've seen many, many smoke screens regarding the players that they are interested in and by the, potentially the Dolphins themselves. So what, are your, what's your, what do you feel that their thought process is at this point? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm not surprised. I mean, as we talked about uh, in our little demo yesterday, I think that this was the the plan from the very beginning. And, uh, you know, had the Dolphins put up a a smokescreen of any kind, the only reason to do that would be to avoid anybody jumping up and taking somebody uh, ahead of them. And so they, you know, clearly, you know, had their intentions of taking Tua from the very beginning. Uh, They did speak to uh, Herbert. He did come in, but I was told weeks ago, and I said it here on SportsGrid, they had no intention ever of taking him. Uh, so now they have their franchise quarterback, probably, you would say, you know, barring health for the next 10 years. And, uh, and uh, you know, Tua Tagalova is, uh, is the Dolphins quarterback. That's, That's right. Like Greg said, it's, it's official. Tua is the man. Uh, Brian Flores uh, is from the Pats lineage. You can make a circle all the way back to Nick Saban uh, in Alabama. Uh, Tua is the guy. So all of those you that were steaming the pick down and thought he was going to slide into the middle of the first round and end up on the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, that didn't happen. We've got five picks in now, Dane. And uh, it's sort of according to plan other than Andrew Thomas. Yeah, absolutely. And Mish, what I would want to ask you is now that Tua is there, right, it's really hard with a quarterback picked in the first five picks to kind of keep him on the bench. I know his medical history, the recovery from the hip is clearly an issue. Do you see Tua starting, you know, early in the season, the middle of the season? How long is Ryan Fitzpatrick under center in Miami? Yeah, I think the whole season, Dane, I don't think two is going to play, uh, you know, at all, you know, maybe a game or two. And the comparison that I would make to last year in terms of playing time would probably be Drew Locke of Denver, where and, and essentially with everything that's been going on and the lack of time that he's going to have to yeah. prepare and some of the OTAs guys. I, and, uh, you know, I just don't see him playing many games this season. Fitzpatrick played very well for them last year, especially when he was put in the second time after they put Josh Rosen in. And they benched him. So I would anticipate a full 2021 season with Tua under center. 
but they're calling it here in South Florida an NFL medical redshirt, and I definitely see it that way in 2020. Uh, I don't know what the odds will be on FanDuel, but if you gave me a two or a two and a half, maybe I'd go over on that, but that's about as much as I would anticipate. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're we're getting we're headed to break here in just a few seconds. So, Craig, you're going to be busy tonight because they got two other picks for now. Uh, and what? Give me real quick expectation of where they may go next. Yeah, well, as as I've talked about on Sports Grid, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift is definitely a target here. I don't know if he's a target with the 18th pick. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.